Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining another episode of the YVR Remo Show. We're excited to have Chris Hepner of Home Equity Bank on the show this morning. We're going to be doing a deep dive into reverse mortgages, myths, common uses. Uh, this is a really hot topic right now, just given the environment that we're working through, how a reverse mortgage can be looked at from an investment component as, as a tool that we can we can dig into as well. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YVR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Chris, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Maybe just to start off, you could give us a little bit of background on yourself and, and your experience in the industry. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. So, uh, yeah, I've been in the industry for about 22 years now, but uh, focused specifically on reverse mortgages in the uh, last 10 and a half years. Uh, so I work in the in the Fraser Valley area of BC here, and, and I've been able to sort of uh, witness the growth of this product and the demand for this product over the last 10 and a half years. And it's um, it's been pretty exciting, actually. We watched 2021, we did about a billion dollars in reverse mortgages, and last year we just did $1.38 billion. So it's a uh, the growth curve is pretty steep and up to the right. Well, that's incredible to see that kind of growth. Clearly, there's um, you know many use cases for this product, and I'm looking forward to getting into those. But just for our listeners that maybe don't know what a reverse mortgage is, there's a lot of myths out there, misconceptions about what a reverse mortgage actually is. Uh, maybe you can just kind of kind of give us a, the breakdown of what how you would sell it or explain it to somebody that has no idea what it is. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a good place to start because. A lot of people, you say the words reverse mortgage and um, either they don't know anything about them or they have some kind of preconceived notion about how they work. And unfortunately, a lot of that is, is really old information um, generated from other countries where reverse mortgages weren't regulated like they are here in Canada. Um, we've been doing this for 30, well, since 1986, but we became a bank in 2009. So we're a federally regulated bank governed by OSFI. So there's a lot of consumer protection and the program has really evolved and, and changed to meet the needs of our aging population um, in Canada. So a lot of the, the, you know, horror stories that people have from reverse mortgages, many of them are very outdated and based on um, programs that, you know, are very different from what we're offering here in Canada. The product itself really is not that complicated. And, you know, people think we, you know, you take your home and you have nothing left in your home and all these different things. But the reality is, it's just a mortgage where you don't have to make payments. Uh, but there's a lot of flexibility with it. We essentially, we approve people for a credit limit against their home. They can take it all out at once or they can take it you know, bit by bit over time. But it's a way to access some of that tax-free money they've stored up in their homes. Because what we're seeing in Canada is uh, we have a lot of the older generation who have owned real estate for many years. And it's been a fantastic investment for them. And they're sitting on hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars of equity, of life savings. But it's it's very difficult for them to get at that money these days. So we're not saying reverse mortgages for everybody, but for that 55 plus generation, it's another option for them to get at the equity. And there's a lot of different uses that we can talk about, um, you know, through this podcast. Yeah, I mean, one thing that comes to mind for me, number one, someone that's a little bit older, probably retired, most likely, you're working and living off of a relatively low income for the most part. So even if you didn't have any mortgage at all on your property, but you wanted to access it, it's typically going to be quite challenging to get financing from an institution because of the qualification component, just because you don't have the income, right? I mean, right now we're stress testing all mortgages at close to 8%, right? So qualification in general has decreased by about 20% across the board over the last 12 months. So this is another product just to kind of assist with that lack of qualification for that, that niche kind of uh, consumer. 
right? And I mean, you know, we touch on the income levels and, you know, there was a, there was a report that came out from an economist about a week and a half ago. And uh, there was reference in there of the job numbers, which the job reports actually look strong for now. I'm sure that will be changing as, as time goes on. That said, we've actually seen a lot of job numbers increasing for people that are 55 plus. So that tells me again, just talking about our current environment, you know, life's expensive, right? Sure. If somebody has a mortgage, your, your payments have gone up. Um, there's other costs, obviously gas, food, everything else that's increased. So a lot of people that are living on these pensions have gotten to a point where they actually can't even afford to maintain their lifestyle. So they're having to go back to work, right? Which is the last thing that anyone wants to do, which is again, another reason where this product could come in and, and kind of save someone from having to do that. Yeah. You touch on a few great points there. I, I get asked that all the time, you know, well, why wouldn't I just take a line of credit on my home? And, and you know, for some people, a line of credit is a great product, but like you mentioned, stress testing, qualifying for that, especially once you've stopped working and you're on more of a fixed income, it's really challenging to get much of a line of credit or to get one that's going to be useful for you. And then, you know, making a payment at a 3% rate was one thing. Making a payment at a 6.95% interest rate is another thing. So we're seeing a lot of people who actually have existing lines of credits on their home. And that payment has increased so much throughout this last year that, uh, you know, they're having troubles even making that payment month by month. Yeah, these are great points. And one thing that comes to mind, when you say 55 plus, like we're, we're definitely getting into that baby boomer generation. Would, would you say like the majority of your clients are going to fall in that, in that bucket? Yeah, I'd say our, our like prime age is actually about 72. Um, because what we're seeing, what Derek you know, mentioned about people returning to work, I'm, actually, I'm seeing a few different scenarios. So one is um, we actually in 2021, there was a, a 30% increase in people in early retirement. So COVID brought a lot of perspective to people, you know, life is valuable, my time is valuable, quality of life. And so we actually saw a lot of people leave the workforce. But what does that look like from a cash flow perspective, the financial plan they had that expected them to work till 65? You know, how does that change? Right? So do they have the income they need to be able to afford that? So we see it, we saw a lot of that happen. Um, then we see people that are just carrying debt into retirement now, because the real estate market's been so good for so many years that a lot of people kept refinancing and refinancing and pulling money out of their homes, but now they're not mortgage free at 65 anymore. About 35% of people actually over 60 still have mortgages on their homes. And so how does that impact their ability to retire or their cash flow and their quality of life in retirement? Um, and then as Derek alluded to, we're seeing people who maybe did retire, but inflation is eating up so much of their money now, into high interest rates uh, eating up a lot of it. Um, and they're having to return to work. They're having to find ways to supplement their income. Yeah. And on top of that, investments haven't been doing very well uh, over the course of the last 12 months. So if people have been relying on their investments to live off, that's that's been another hit. You know, another thing, you know, I think just in general, it's always the goal to have your house paid off, right? Like that's always a big goal for people. And we're starting to see as there's more education out there around real estate and leverage that having debt is not necessarily a bad thing. People always want to have legacy and and and, you know, cash that they can hand down to their kids. But like a reverse mortgage product, if it's going to allow you to maintain a certain style of life and maybe, you know, further invest, maybe get two or three properties that are going to be handed down to your kids, it doesn't always have to be the goal to have your house paid off when you pass away, right? There's other ways of looking at that model. And I just think that that's a little bit of a, uh, probably a baby, baby boomer type mindset is the goal is always to have it paid off. But if you're not going to have it paid off, you have to look into products like this because it can, uh, it can absolutely change your life. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, you know, a change in mindset because, you know, everybody looks at their home as their home. They don't really think of it so much of it as an investment. But 
for 50% of people over 60 in Canada, they have an average of less than $200,000 actually saved up in RRSPs. And in today's day and age, that's not really a lot of money. It doesn't last them very long. And it's not always wise to pull money out of that RRSP because of the tax implications. And it can maybe affect some pension clawbacks and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, when you look at the equity in the home, it, your home's an investment. It's something you put money into every month with a mortgage payment, right? You paid and paid and paid for 25 years, and now you have a million dollars sitting in that bank account. Um, leaving it there and not touching it is great for the next generation, but it doesn't do a lot to help you along the way. And I always equate it to somebody who, you know, let's say they didn't have a home. Maybe they put money into an RRSP their whole life, and they had a million dollars sitting in RRSP today. More than likely, at some point, they would start using that RRSP and drawing it down. And, you know, in the end, even if you went through half of it, you're not leaving a debt to your estate. You're still leaving them $500,000. And a reverse mortgage is very similar in that it allows them to get at that big bank account in their house. Yeah, you know, that's such a great example, actually. And and one of the things I want to touch on before we get into like the use cases and, and what you're why you're seeing people, you know, the main purpose for taking a, a reverse mortgage. One of the things I want to talk about was, again, going back to the baby boomer generation, I find it's a very, they're very, how do I say this, conservative and, and protective of, of really everything they do. And I find, you know, there's always taking the negative approach in, in some ways. And I'm just thinking of my own parents and my own family. And in this matter, it's like, you know, to, to bring the concept of a reverse mortgage or anything that puts them into debt or, or changes their life. And it's a lot of reasons why they, these people live in the same home for so long. It's like they don't like change and they don't really trust anyone it's hard to get their trust and and to bring this concept up to them can be challenging and and so i just wanted to ask like what are some of the ways you get around that negativity when dealing with a customer um that's that's very skeptical of the product and um and then the next layer of that is i'm sure you get parents kids coming into the the conversation as well and and then also wanting you know you to explain why you're, you're, you know, you're trying to put their parents into this type of a product. It's a little bit easier for me to speak to because my own mom and dad actually have one and it was a great fit for them. But that doesn't mean it's a great fit for everybody. Um, I'm a big believer in knowledge. You know, there's a lot of mortgage options out there these days. This is one of them. But too many people make a decision before they've actually gathered all the facts to see what it's all about, exactly how it works and what it can do for them. Um, I oftentimes encourage the family to come to the meeting so everybody can sit down and learn and ask questions because in the end, it's it's the best interest of the of the clients that we're looking at here. And for some people, they're happy to live on little. They've done all the things in their life and they're fine. And they, the most important thing to them is to leave a, the biggest legacy they can to their kids. And that's great. For others, they've done lots. They've put kids through school and, and educations and helped them with down payments. And now they're at a point in life where you know we're living longer life is costing more than ever before, and they need to look out for themselves. And, and there's all sorts of different reasons for that. But, you know, in the end, it's, it's really about education, because the product isn't as scary as people think. Um, you know, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, you've, you've got this credit limit against your home, and you can use it for whatever you need it for, right? You can, you can pay debts, you can draw cash flow, you can pull it out and, and buy an investment property, all these different things we'll talk about. But you don't have to make any payments. And so that for a lot of people, they think, okay, I'm not making payments. Interest is adding up and adding up over time. What does that look like? You know, that scares me a little bit. Am I going to have money left at the end of the day? And I answer that, you know, two ways. One is we're a pretty conservative lender. Um, the most we'll give somebody is 55% of the value of their home. But it's very important to know that that's based on your age. So in our world, we start at 55 as the youngest person, but that's also where we lend the lowest amount of money. You'll only get up to 55% of the value when you're 
probably over 80 years old. So we're quite conservative in how much we actually lend people. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of buffer still left in that home. And so even though, you know, that loan is increasing over time, it would take an extremely long time to actually eat up all the equity. But the other thing that people tend to forget is that their home isn't going to stay worth what it's worth today. You know, real estate's got its ups and downs over time. But in places, especially like Greater Vancouver, uh, real estate goes up. And it doesn't have to go up a lot. Um, in most cases, if you have a million dollar home going up at 2% a year and you have a $300,000 mortgage going up at, say, 7% a year, it's offsetting. That appreciation in the home over time is going to make up for the interest on the chip. And so once people kind of see the illustrations and they see the numbers on paper, they realize, wow, this isn't actually as scary as I thought. It allowed me to stay in my home, get at some of that tax-free money in the home, and all that appreciation in the property over time actually made up for most of the interest, and, and there's still a lot left in the end. Yeah, I think that those are really good points. I think another cost consideration that ties into that is, you know, maybe someone's in a detached home that they've been in for 30 years. They don't want to move. All their memories are there. <clears throat> now, if they didn't get into a product like this, they're probably forced to downsize, right? Although they might not want to. And nowadays, I mean, if you look at a million-dollar home, real estate fees, mortgage penalties, legal fees, transfer tax on the next property, like you can easily rack up sixty, seventy thousand dollars in closing costs just to make that push, right? So then just another kind of factor to, to work into the equation from a savings standpoint. Yeah, and then there's the emotional component, right? A lot of people, um, you know, they spent a lot of years in that house. They've got their neighbors, their kids close by, their doctor, their church, all these different things. And so uh, uprooting uh, and moving you know, a way to cash in that money, you know, it isn't ideal for a lot of those people. For some it is, but downsizing, especially in the Fraser Valley, isn't what it used to be either. Uh, you know, you used to be able to go from Surrey or something out to Chilliwack and save a whole bunch of money. And now even Chilliwack is pretty expensive. Awesome. Well, you know, Chris, you put together some really good notes here. Um, it looks like there is kind of five main uses of the product, which I know we've kind of high level touched on these, but why don't we run through those just starting uh, number one. So just elimination of mortgage line of credit or active debt. Um, and just to touch on debt quickly, just as we saw, you know, some job numbers are increasing for the 55 plus crowd. Uh, I'm sure that debt is also increasing if you're not able to maintain your cost of living right now, right? I think credit card debt's at the highest it's been since 2018, which I think is obviously, it's kind of an obvious stat, but uh, that will continue to increase, especially over the next 12 to 18 months while we deal with the current situation, right? No, absolutely. And that's one of the misconceptions out there is a lot of people think to get a reverse mortgage, you have to own your own outright, uh, own your home outright. And and that's not the case, actually. One of the most common reasons we're doing this actually is for people to pay off that existing mortgage or line of credit or other debts and eliminate all those monthly payments. Because again, the plan was to be mortgage free at 65, but life happens along the way. You know, there's, uh, you know, in the last few years, a lot of people have lost spouses. A lot of that older generation lost a spouse due to COVID and their incomes were okay, you know, when there was two sets of them. But when there's only one, it becomes a real challenge. Uh, people had lines of credits they could afford 10 months ago. They can't afford them anymore. The rates are too high. And so whatever we approve a client for, so let's just, you know, use a, an example of a million-dollar home. And, and we, we, you know, maybe let's say they're in their 70s. They might get 40% or something. So a $400,000 approval on this million-dollar home, if they still had a $200,000 mortgage, we'd pay off that $200,000 from our four hundred. dollars but that eliminates that monthly mortgage payment, which frees up all that cash flow for them for living and other things. And then they still have that $200,000 of available credit that doesn't cost them anything. We're not charging them interest on it, but it's available. So they can tap into that bit by bit by bit for anything they need as long as they live there. 
that's a huge help for for somebody that maybe doesn't think they need all that money up front but knowing that they can access it at a later date that that's that's a very powerful uh, way to, you know, really kind of manage how much interest is, is accumulating over the course of, you know, your duration of, of carrying it. One of the big tools that I've seen this, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense to me is, is the ability to draw that as an income. And maybe you can just share on, share how that function works in that in that other, you know, type of product you have and, and then the title of that product. Yeah, again, another example of sort of how flexibility has improved over time. Uh, a lot of people think you just have to take out this large lump sum of money and that's scary for them. But it can actually be set up in a way just to kind of meet your budget. Uh, and so you, what we do is we give them this credit limit against the property. How you take it is really up to you. So we're seeing a lot of people, like I mentioned earlier, who only have less than $200,000 stored up in their RSPs. And that's not providing them, you know, the cash flow that they needed. Uh, I, actually, 79% of people, 55 plus right now, do not feel that their OAS, CPP, and RSPs are going to be enough to support them throughout retirement. So they need to supplement their income in some way. And what better way than that massive bank account they've stored up in their house over the years? So you save and save and save and save. And at some point in time, it's time to start using those savings, right, to fund the rest of your life. And so in my example I used earlier, which is a million-dollar home, and maybe we approve them for 400000 you can set it up so you take what you need to start with. Maybe they need $50,000 up front to pay a few bills and update the house a little bit. Well, that remaining $350,000, you can actually take it as a, as a regular income stream that shows up in the account every month. So maybe they want $1,000 a month to come on, and that's going to you know show up in their account for the next 350 months, right? So that's an example of how you can do it. But you're only, you don't have any payments to make, A, and B, uh, you're only being charged interest on that money as you take it. I was just going to say, I mean, over the course of 10 years, if you were to draw 1000 bucks a month, which goes a long way if you're on a pension, uh, that works out to $120,000 just of funds drawn out. And obviously, there's interest costs on top of that. But um, $120,000 over 10 years, if you're in a property in the lower mainland, it's very likely your property is appreciated by far more than $120,000 in 10 years, right? So that's all you got to, I think you have to kind of look at it big picture and you have to factor in that appreciation component because when you think about it like that, I mean, it's a no brainer, right? That's yeah, one of those neat investments that um, as you spend it, the value of your investment doesn't change. Right. If you have a, a million dollars in RSPs and you start taking money out of there, your RSP continues to get smaller. Your growth on the RSP continues to get smaller and you're paying tax on it. You have a million dollar house and you start taking some money out of it. That doesn't change the value of your million dollar home. And in fact, that home continues to appreciate over time and it's tax free money. So it's a it's a pretty big difference. It, it's so cool to kind of just look at this as the as a concept of like a bank account. That's essentially what it is. And like, you know, to draw it and, and look at your home as a liquid asset is is pretty cool and, and i think that's that's what i think that's what's that's a little bit difficult for some people to wrap their head around but when you explain it like that it's so cr crystal clear as to why you know you would want to have a product like this and why it makes so much sense so um yeah thanks for explaining it that way so here's another big one that we see so much because of where we live and price of properties where we live it's very hard for first-time buyers to save up their down payment right like even 5%. It's, it's pretty significant, especially given, you know, everything that we're dealing with right now. So um, we've seen the bank of mom and dad come in handy significantly, especially over the last 12 to 18 months, we've seen more and more gifts being passed down from family. Sometimes it means parents are leveraging their property. Sometimes they're just handing down cash if they have access to it, but it's extremely common for these first time buyers. And again, something that we've seen a challenge that we run into you know, parents on a pension, they want to pull out a hundred grand or 200 grand to help their kids get that 20% down on their million dollar home because it makes sense financially, but they don't qualify to do it. 
right? So just another great reason for this product. If you're not qualifying and if you qualify for this program, uh, a great way to tap into equity to be able to transfer that money down um, to family or whatever that might look like parents or grandparents. Yeah, it's the whole giving while living. And we're seeing a lot of it, right? As we're living longer and longer, uh, you know, some kid, if you wait till the, the parent or, you know, grandparent passes away, they might be for 90 years old, you're getting an inheritance when you're already retired yourself. And so there's a lot of people looking at ways of saying, look, you're going to get my house one day, would you like to get some of it now? Would you like to get a, an advance on your inheritance, essentially, so that you can do things with it for all those years? And, and, and I, as the giver, get to enjoy giving that money to you and seeing what we can do with it. So it's, you know, we see parents helping first time homebuyers, we see grandparents actually more helping first time homebuyers. Uh, we see parents helping middle aged people that are looking to uh, you know, upsize, you know, their family's grown too big, they can't fit in that townhouse anymore, and they need to get into a detached home. But, you know, stress test rates being as high as they are, they need more down payment, in a lot of cases. And I actually just had one recently in um, out in Maple Ridge, uh, the, the grandma was, you know, free and clear home, two and a half million dollar property, and all three of her grandkids were at a point where they were ready to buy. Um, dad didn't have the money to be able to help uh, at that stage in his life. And grandma has equity, she doesn't have a, a, a ton of cash sitting around. So she actually did a million dollar reverse mortgage. She took out 600 of it to start with, but she gave two, two and 200 to each of her three grandkids. And they were all able to purchase homes, get into the housing market. And those homes are all gonna increase in value over all those years. Such a, such a smart way to do it. And, and like that early inheritance, I'm seeing that so much. And one, you know, one area where I think this could be really, really impactful. And we talk about this a lot on our previous episodes around house hacking and how to get into, you know, just your first property or investment property um, as a joint joint venture agreement where you're, you know, you're able to buy, you know, your the borrower is able to qualify for say a rental property, but they don't have the down payment. Um, this is a way to, for, for anyone, not just a parent to be able to contribute to an investment and, and be able to share in that wealth. And, and that's you know, going into the next topic here is purchasing another home. Um, so whether you're, you know, in a situation where you just want to invest with another borrower or, or, you know, whoever it is, you have that ability to now be able to get that down payment funds and put it into another property that's going to generate income. And one of the things I really wanted to talk about was just the idea of, you know, potentially, you know, in that scenario that you just mentioned, this lady's got two and a half million dollar free and clear home, you know, what does it look like to maybe take out $300,000 and go buy a, a, a townhouse in, in the Edmonton area as a cash as a cash buyer and and then look at you know potentially 1800 to $2,200 a month coming in from rent um, these are these are strategies that would to me would make a lot of sense so even if you know your your payment or, or not your payment but the interest that's accruing on this reverse mortgage is at say seven seven and a half percent you're buying a home that's potentially bringing in a you know an eight and a half nine percent return from cash flow that starts to make a lot of sense from an investment standpoint but also now that person's living off that income so you know to go back to your supplement uh your your, your supplement income program that you were talking about earlier to me this would make more sense from a perspective of hey let's go buy a rental property that will just cash flow 100 percent and live off that income and then not and and, and overall see quite some some really decent growth yeah i mean absolutely it, you know but owning two properties is kind of everybody's goal, right? You, to time the market, right? You, if you're buying and selling in the same market, you're never going to really benefit from it. So this is a great buyer's market that we're in right now. And yeah, like you said, you can set this up on your house and draw income out that way. But if you pull it all out in a chunk and are able to buy an investment property, you're not only benefiting from the uh, appreciation in the property over time, you're getting all that rental income that's coming in because 
for a lot of the you know retired people, they can't uh, qualify for a huge line of credit to, to purchase a rental property. And even if they could, all the rent is going to be going to pay the payment on that line of credit, right? So they're not actually benefiting from a cash flow perspective. So yeah, lots of different scenarios for that. Um, you know, one very common one is, you know, I had one recently, $1.4 million home, I think in Vancouver, they want to buy a place out in Chilliwack. And I think at the time they could actually get it for about $700,000. And so um, we'll give them as much as they can on their primary residence. But a lot of people don't know, we can also lend on the place they're buying. We do it as what's called an interalia mortgage that goes over both properties. But it, it gave them enough money, though, to outright buy the $700,000 home in Chilliwack. Uh, but there's no payment to make. So it's rented out up and down for $3,000 a month. And that cash flow is all extra cash flow for these people. And that brings me to one other point is you don't have to let all the interest add up on this reverse mortgage. You can pay some of it. You can actually set up a regular payment. Or once a year, you can you can send us a check for up to 10% against your balance. So all that rental income, they can put it to use for other things. Or if they want to put it back against this reverse mortgage, they can do that. Wow, that's that's super powerful. And, and just like purchasing another home, there's so many use cases that would make sense to me. Like you think of, a, you know, somebody that's living in their, you know, an empty nest, they're living free and clear and always wanted that, you know, that condo on, in, in, on the beach in Mexico or what have you, you know, to be able to have that vacation home, something that they thought was never going to be possible or they thought they were going to have to downsize or move to be able to, you know, sell and take proceeds and go buy something else. Like that's a great reason too. Like, do you see people using funds to just purchase vacation? homes just for that reason alone yeah 100 percent. i one comes to mind that they, their dream was to have this shoe swap lakefront property to spend all these summers at with their kids and their grandkids and build all those memories but all their money is sitting in their vancouver property it was worth like three million dollars or something um so they you know as long as they live in that home that money just sits there relatively useless to them they can't do anything with it and we we freed up almost a million dollars for them they bought a property at shoe swap they got the boat the furnishings and they're enjoying all these summers there with their kids and building memories and uh, it's it, you know for them they feel like they won the lottery the, the money in the home was money that didn't feel real to them you know it, it just was equity and it was going to go to their kids one day but man how cool that they got to enjoy that Oh, totally. Totally. The last piece that comes to mind, and I haven't seen this yet, but we've seen a massive exodus of, of you know, the millennial generation going to Alberta. So people leaving BC, going to Alberta to find cheaper homes, but in a lot of cases, making more money per hour. What comes to mind here is we have all these, you know, young parents moving to this other, these other provinces uh, in our country, but their parents, the, the empty nesters are sitting here at home and not getting to see, you know, maybe their grandkids grow up or, you know, they're very, you know, the, the, you know, it's tough to go visit each other in, in, in this day and age. So, one thing I was thinking that could be a great reason is, is like you think of this, you know, this, this old, you know, let's say 70 year old husband and wife living in Vancouver and all their kids have now moved out to the, you know, Alberta area and are growing their young families. You know, a, a great, to me, a great idea would be to go buy a home that they could have there and go visit those kids regularly and be able to, you know, something that they never thought of is like, hey, I got this free and clear home in Maple Ridge. Well, now I can go buy, you know, a townhouse to visit my kids regularly in Alberta. And I could see that coming up quite a bit because I can't believe how many clients in the last two years that we've worked with that have left and gone to Alberta. So I just wonder, is that something you're seeing or, or, or would you agree that that's something that we could, you know, would make a lot of sense going forward? Yeah, it's absolutely a great idea, right? They can either, you know, use the money to be flying back and forth all the time and paying for you know, all that expense or they buy a property that's going to go up over time. The other thing we see too is, you know, maybe those kids don't want to move away. They're doing it out of necessity because they can't afford to live in the lower mainland anymore. And if this product allows the parent to um, early inherit money to the kids or pay off their mortgage for them, 
if that mortgage payment is gone, now the kids can afford to work at a lower paying job potentially, and they, and they keep their kids and grandkids close by. Uh, so that can be pretty powerful. One other investment property one I want to mention that we're seeing a bit of too is um, because the market is a little bit slower right now, it's a, it's a great time to buy. And so we're seeing people that maybe want to buy their next home. They're eventually going to downsize, but they want to pick it up now instead of doing it, you know, buying and selling in the same market. So uh, I, an example comes to mind. We had people in this $1.6 million home and they found a million dollar condo, which is the place they eventually want to retire, but they're not ready to yet. They just want to own it now. And so we were able to, to do, you know, 650 on their current home, 350 on the apartment, and that got them the million dollars they needed to buy that place without spending a dime of their own money. Um, but now they own them both. They have no payments. They can rent one out for as many years as they want to because rental rates are great, uh, earn all that income. And when the time comes in the next good seller's market, they sell the house, transition into that uh, apartment, and, and they made out pretty good. Great point. Yeah, that's a good point. Are there limitations if someone wanted to really go hard and maybe like someone has a you know a two million dollar home and, and they can access a million dollars of that do you guys have issues if that person wanted to really dig into the market maybe buy two or three properties maybe even four if all the numbers make sense or do you guys cap at two properties total uh technically we'll end on up to three in total as long as one of them is their primary residence so yeah we could essentially do a mortgage over a, a, a blanket mortgage over three properties moving into the last point here and uh to, to round out the episode this one would hit home for me just because i've had family in in you know care homes and whatnot so maybe you can just explain the concept of you know potentially being able to keep somebody at home and not having to go into a care home to kind of you know end off their you know their last years of their lives yeah and, and covid brought that really to the forefront is you know a lot of people's desire to really age in place uh, and instead of having to transition to a care home and so uh, what does that look like right is the home suitable for aging in place is it too many stairs do they need to sell and downsize to a rancher or do they need to do some major renovations to their house um, or do they need to pay for a care worker to start coming in and start assisting with things as needs increase over time? And, and this can be a way to do all of those. So uh, right sizing ends up being actually a very common one where somebody says, look, my, my property is a little too big, too much yard work, too many stairs. I want to go find a nice rancher close to the amenities that I need. Um, but oftentimes they can't afford that. You know, maybe they've sold their house, paid off all their debts, and they've got 600000 left to go find that perfect forever home. But the place they really want is a million. How, how do they buy that place? Well, we can be used in a purchase transaction. So they can put down their 600. We give them a 400 reverse mortgage. They didn't have to qualify. They don't have to make payments, but they're in a home they're way happier in uh, at a million dollars than that you know, apartment or something at 600,000. So we're seeing that right sizing happening, but then we're also seeing our income advantage product being used for people to age in place. So they set it up on the home, take what they need to do maybe the, the modifications, the chairlift, the bathtubs, that sort of thing. And then they draw the rest as a monthly income and, and they can increase that monthly draw as their needs start to increase and they start to need more care. That's such a good point. I mean, especially the in-home care piece. I think that most people don't really understand how excessive that cost can be until you're in the situation where you have to investigate it and you find out that it's three or $4,000 a month and, and most people cannot afford to supplement that. Family can't even afford to supplement that, right? And so typically, if you can't afford it, your next step is like, okay, we have to put you into a home, right? Because it's not affordable and, and that can just absolutely change, you know, especially if it's someone's last few years on this earth like why not be, you know do everything you can to be able to spend it at home with your family and and in you know your your, your long-term home well, that's another good point about kids uh you know not being able to afford it either a lot of the financial burden does end up falling on these adult children they start to have to supplement the parents income to pay for care and they're spending time at the house doing uh you know maintenance on the home and that sort of thing and so this is a really great way for the parents to be independent 
you know, they paid for that home. Now it's time for the home to pay for them. Yeah. I mean, we've made some really, really good points here. Uh, For me, it just looks like one, it's definitely a financial planning tool. Like that is what this is in my, in my opinion. And it's clear that these are definitely changing lives. Like you, you, there's a, there's a huge rewarding factor to this whole, like everything we just touched on, I can tell this is certainly changing people's lives for, for the better. And, and that's pretty rewarding. And uh, yeah, I really, yeah, really thank you for coming on today. And uh, yeah, any final words that you have to say? You hit it on the head. It's uh, I've been here 10 and a half years, no plans on going anywhere. It's the most rewarding job I've done because so many people don't really understand what it can do for them. And again, that's not to say it's for them, uh, but for the people that, that it is for, it, it's life changing, literally. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for having me.